Amen. You can be seated. Well, we're right in the middle of um, I Love My Church series. And let me just say, first of all, preparing a message is hard. (laughs) Every time I prepare a message for our church, it takes a long time. I have so much more respect for Pastor Richie and what he does. And this isn't the only thing he does every week. That's right. Give him a clap because he deserves it. You know, he runs the church, but not only that, he prepares an amazing sermon every week in and week out, and he does it, and he puts his life into it, and a lot of us have been changed because of his willingness to be used by God. So thank you, Pastor Richie, for doing something I could not do every week. Um, Like I said, we're right in the middle of I Love My Church series, and let me say, I love my church. In fact, if you know anything about me, you know I love my church. I love Emerald Fellowship. And if you're a guest with us today, I just want to, I hope that you have a church that you love as much as we love Emerald Fellowship. And let me just invite, if you don't, we'd love for you to love Emerald Fellowship. We'd love to show you how much we love our church. So, um... But I grew up loving church, and if you've heard any of my testimonies, you've heard that I grew up in a very volatile home, but my grandmother actually took me every time the church doors were open, she took me to church, so I grew up in church, I grew up loving the church because of the life that happens in church, especially if you come out of a home that does not have that, you love a place that has that, and so I grew up loving the church, and let me speak just for a second to our dream team. Our dream team here are volunteers that serve, and I want to let you know, I was forever changed because people took the time to serve on Sundays to show me the love and hope of Jesus Christ. You are changing lives. You may not realize it. I fell in love with Jesus because there were people out there that took the time that said, I'm going to show up on Sunday, and if it's just saying hi to one person, I'm going to do it. It changed my life. Children's ministry workers, you are changing, you are impacting the children's lives every week, and you may not see it. You may think, these macaroni necklaces, the Play-Doh, these socks, I don't get it. I don't know if these children are getting it. They are getting it. They are being impacted. I was impacted because children's ministry workers loved on me. And, you know, it may seem simple. It is simple. These kids, everybody needs that love. And so um, it means so much to them. And I guarantee you, we have children, and adults for that matter, that do not have this on their daily life. They don't have the love that we have here, and they need what you have. They actually come in on Sundays craving what you have. And so I want to say, you may seem like a simple hello that you're saying to somebody or setting up the sanctuary and you're thinking, how does that help? Or serving coffee or working in the children's ministry area. Whatever it is that you are doing, you are impacting the kingdom of God. And I want to say, keep doing it. Keep doing it. People need you and they want you and they appreciate it when you step out and you say, I'm going to do something today. I'm going to say hello to somebody. I'm going to do something. Keep doing it. So Sundays are awesome because of all of our volunteers that come in and say, I'm going to help out. Um, And I love Sundays and I actually gear my whole week around Sundays. Sundays is like my, I love Sundays. In fact, it's hard for me to take off a Sunday. So I love Sundays. But uh, um, 
We're actually going to be talking today about a, a little different Sunday. We're going to read here in just a moment in, in John chapter 21. And this is talking about Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. And it's actually talking about Simon Peter here. And he was one of the disciples. And after, he, um, after Jesus uh, was crucified, Simon Peter didn't know what to do. And so he, he announced that he's going to go fishing. So here's the story. We can all read together in chapter 21, verse 1. It said, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And then they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. So I'm going to talk to you today about Sunday's coming. There are a number of words that could be used to describe life. Unpredictable, surprising, exciting. It's always changing, right? Whatever you want to say, life is absolutely unpredictable. And I think there are people in here that can say that your life has been completely unpredictable. There have been what we would call surprises that happen in our life. So how many people in here like people to show up at your house unannounced? <laughs> what, some? <laughs> yeah, when, back when I was growing up, and maybe you too, you know that people always showed up unannounced. In fact, the door was always open, coffee on, and you were ready to welcome anybody to come into your home at any moment. And when they did, you would sit down and watch a football game together, or you would just sit at the table and chat. But these days, you know how it is. Your door is shut. (laughs) If somebody rings the doorbell, you all stop and look at each other like, who invited somebody over? And then you wait until someone is brave enough to go look out the door and see who it is, praying it isn't anybody that you know. Because you know how it is, how it goes. It's been a busy week. School has just started. You had back-to-school night. You had meet-the-teacher night. You had piano lessons. You had soccer practice. You had grocery shopping and school supply shopping. Let me just say to the parents that school supply shopping, you guys are crazy. You think you're never going to see school supplies again, so you have to buy it all out. It doesn't matter what your kid needs. You're going to get it all out, and you're pushing and shoving. It's crazy. But you're busy, and you're wondering who's ringing your doorbell. But you've been out every night of the week, and this is the first night that you've been home in a long time, and plus, on top of that, it's Big Brother night. And so you're wondering, who is ringing my doorbell? Oh, Lord, please don't let it be anybody who wants to stay, right? So can you say, surprise? All of us have encountered unexpected and uninvited occurrences that pop up in our lives and say, I'm here. It's a part of life. To avoid surprises is just to avoid life. It doesn't matter how focused, how attentive, how discerning you may be. At some point in everyone's life, something you didn't expect is going to turn on your street, pull in your driveway, ring your doorbell, come into your house, sit on your couch and drink your Dr. Pepper and say, you didn't expect me, but I'm here and you have to deal with me. Life is full of surprises. Therefore, therefore, if I'm going to do life well, it's going to be based on my ability to manage what I didn't see coming. If you don't do surprises well, you won't do life well because life is full of surprises. 
Ronnie and I used to have horses, and um, I had my horse was this beautiful 16-hand Palomino named Trigger. Trigger was an amazing horse. He was full of energy, and he was full of surprises. Now, when I told this story in the first service, Ronnie told me, you better update the story, because I didn't tell it correctly. (laughs) But we were out riding one day. Ronnie and I was riding horses, and... um, He wanted me to tell the fact that he, what I'm about to say, he did on another horse and did it very successfully. But here's the story. So we were riding, and um, Ronnie gets this great idea of how I'm going to ride Trigger bareback with nothing guiding him other than a string around his neck that he found on the ground that was holding a bell of hay together. He picked up that string, and he tied, not tied it, but just kind of loosely draped it around his neck, and he was going to guide Trigger to go, you know, around. And so he gets on Trigger. Now, remember, he's bareback. Nothing, no halter, nothing on him. And so he's walking, and he's doing really good, and Trigger's doing really good, and Ronnie thinks, ah, I'm doing pretty good. He feels pretty proud of himself. Then all of a sudden, surprise, the string broke. Now my horse, who's full of energy, thought, ha, let's have some fun with this, right? So his ears perked up. And he decided, I'm going to, uh, and let me back up. Ronnie actually was trotting, and so he was bouncing all over the place. You know, on the, so the string broke, um, the trigger's ears perked up, and trigger said, okay, I'm going to start kicking and throwing myself. So he reared up. Ronnie's hanging on for dear life. He comes back down. He kicks his feet. Ronnie's still hanging on. He rears up again, and by this time, Ronnie has lost all sense of direction. He doesn't know which way is up, and so he slides right off the horse's back onto the ground, and um, if anybody could hear a horse laugh, I know my horse was laughing because he turned around, and he looked at Ronnie, and he just went the, (laughs) you know. I was even laughing so hard. I'm one of those people that if you get hurt in front of me, I'm sorry. I'm going to laugh at you. I'm going to make sure you're okay, but I'm going to laugh at you. (laughs) But this was hilarious. So anyway, it was a complete surprise. Ronnie did not expect that to happen at all. You know, there there are all kinds of surprises. Surprises that we like, like a birthday surprise, maybe a surprise vacation. But there are surprises that we don't like. These kind of surprises bring heart attacks. Now, I'm not talking about heart attacks medically. I'm talking about heart attacks emotionally. And anything that attacks our hearts, we must give special attention to because as your heart goes, so goes your life. Your heart is a catalyst for everything that takes place in your life. Solomon even said in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If the enemy can break your heart, it can break you. It breaks your sleep pattern, and it breaks your focus. You can't think straight. You can't focus. You can't perform. That's why Solomon says to guard your heart, because everything flows from it. When I'm not properly equipped on how to manage a surprise that is a disappointment, then that disappointment can become a heart attack that can become a setback. We just read in chapter 21... And what's going on in here is about Jesus' resurrection and uh, crucifixion and resurrection. Jesus has actually been raised from the dead at this point when the disciples saw him. And remember, Jesus being raised from the dead is extremely significant and important to us as Christians because we celebrate what happened on that day, and we actually call it Resurrection Day. Jesus was raised so that we could be free. I love Resurrection Sunday. 
But there would be no Resurrection Sunday if there wasn't Crucifixion Friday. Now, we call that Friday Good Friday, but it wasn't Good Friday, and it didn't feel like Good Friday on Friday. Good Friday only becomes Good Friday after Sunday, after you don't hurt anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, Good Friday isn't Good Friday in the middle of the circumstance. It's just Friday. It's only when you get to the other side of Good Friday that you're able to see the significance of what you went through. Peter was there with Jesus during all of this. Peter left everything to follow Jesus. Peter was one of his favorite disciples. Peter, James, and John was his inner circle. Peter actually cut off an ear of one of the soldiers that came to arrest Jesus. Peter and Jesus were tight. And Peter did everything for Jesus. So how do you think Peter felt when Jesus went into that tomb? Before we shout about Sunday, how do you think Peter felt? Peter was probably thinking, I gave up three years of my life for this, and he died? How could this be? What am I going to do now? Apply this to your own life when something happens. You gave up everything and poured into a relationship or maybe a job, or a cure for healing, and it fell through, it's a heart attack. Peter didn't expect this to happen. And unfortunately, us as Christians, we tend to think that just because we're followers of Christ, and we love Jesus, and we live for Jesus, and we have this perspective of God, that if we live for Jesus, and God loves me, and if I love him, then disappointment is never going to ring my doorbell. But that's not the gospel. In fact, let's look in the Bible at several different Bible stories of different people in the Bible that had surprises. So let me step, set you a mental picture of a courtroom. If we were in the courtroom, I'm going to call several people up to the, the witness stand. first person I'm going to call up is Daniel. And I would say, Daniel, were you a good person? He would say, I was. I would ask, what happened that took you by surprise? He would say, the other leaders that I served with were jealous of me and tricked the king into throwing me into the lion's den to kill me. I would ask, did you go into the lion's den? He would say, I did. I would ask, did God let you? He would say, yes. Now let's call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the witness stand. I would ask, were you good people? They would say, yes. I asked, well, what took you by surprise? They would say, we were told to bow to the king, but we refused to bow we refused to compromise, and we stood with God in the face of the adversity, but we were thrown into a fiery furnace. So let's call Job to the witness stand, and I would say, were you a blameless man? He would say, yes. I would ask, did you live upright? He would say, yes. I would say, well, what took you by surprise? He would say, I was tested by the devil, and he took everything from me, my children, my health, and all my prosperity. So to prove a point, Let's call up Jesus to the witness stand. I would want to ask Jesus, were you sinless? He would say, yes. I would ask, did you do anything wrong? He would say, no. I would ask, what happened? He would say, I was convicted of crimes I didn't commit, sentenced to the death penalty, and died on the cross. But then Jesus, being the boss that he is, he would say, hold up, hold up, hold up, because I want to cross-examine the witnesses. He would say, Daniel, come up. He would say, Daniel, were you in the lion's den? And Daniel would say, yes. Jesus would ask, what did you do in the lion's den? And Daniel would say, I slept all night in the lion's den. 
And that Jesus would say, the lions didn't bother you. And Daniel said, not at all. The angel, God sent an angel to come shut the mouths of the lions. So Jesus called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the stand. And he would say, did you go into the fiery furnace? And they would say, yes. Jesus said, well, what happened when you were in there? And they would say, it's amazing. While we were in the fiery furnace, someone stepped in there with us to regulate the temperature. It did not kill us. It didn't burn us. We didn't even smell like smoke when we came out. So Jesus called Job to the stand. And Job asked if he lost everything. And Job said, yes. Jesus would say, can you tell the rest of the story? And Job said, I've received double for everything that was lost Then Jesus asked to cross-examine himself. He would say, he went to the cross on Friday. He stayed there on Saturday. But let me tell you about Sunday morning. Sunday morning, he got up out of that grave because the gospel is a gospel of overcoming. So what do you do when life happens? When life goes the way you didn't plan? How goes your heart? It's heart attacks. That's what happened to Peter. He was anointed, he was close to Jesus, he was strong, but when heart attacks happen, heart attacks make the strong weak. The same strong Peter that we just read about said in verse 3, I'm going fishing. That may not be significant to you, but fishing was what Peter used to do before he met Jesus. So Peter said, I tried to do this thing, but it didn't work out, so now I'm going to go back and do what I was doing before I met Jesus. And all the people around him said they're going with him. But the Bible said they went fishing but caught nothing. You know, when life happens, you can go back and do what you were doing before, but you will catch nothing. Because God did not call you to go back. He calls you to move on and to overcome. Peter was disappointed, and he made a decision in his disappointment to go back. But if I could talk to Peter, I would say, hold on because Sunday's coming. When you're in between your Friday and your Sunday, hope is the only thing that you have to keep moving. Hope is more than optimism. Hope is being certain, being certain in the goodness of God. You may know that God is good, but are you certain? Being certain means that no matter what you're going through, God is good and God has a good plan. Do you give thanks in all circumstances? That's a hard one. When the bills pile up, when you get a doctor's report, when your husband doesn't come home, when your kids are sick, do you give thanks? Not thanks for the situation, but thanks to God that he has a good plan and you will see goodness out of that. Believe me, I totally understand it's hard not to freak out in the middle of the circumstance. It's how I was raised Every situation was a breeding ground for anxiety, fear, worry. I was given more thought and energy to what might happen or what did happen or what could have happened instead of giving energy to what God is going to do. I was right in the middle of an opportunity this last January when I got a call from the police department about my brother. My brother had lived his whole life in bondage, whole life in struggle. I loved him so much, and I prayed for him all the time, and I prayed with him all the time. I regularly reminded him of who he was in Christ. He was saved, but he just could not see that he was free from his past. Last summer, I was talking to him again about living in freedom, and he just kept saying to me, Sis, 
I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be strong like you. I'm not, I'm not strong. How do you do life so well? And we kept talking to him about freedom and how walking in Christ and you just need to walk it out. It's, it's so simple. It seems so simple, but it's your mindset. He could not get free from his past, and he was caught in all the surprises life has to offer, and he could not handle them. Ronnie and I talked to him some more about freedom, and we prayed with him, and we loved on him. He just kept saying he wasn't strong like me. But, you know, it has nothing to do with strength. It has everything to do with how much you know God loves you and God is good. A week before I received this call from the police department, my brother called me. He was talking to me again about his mistakes, about how he was going to start over again. And I told him one more time, your past is not who you are. You are a mighty man of God. You can do this. And he just kept saying, yeah, right. A week later, I got a call from the police department that my brother was dead. Talk about freak out. Everything, my whole world stopped I thought, why? Why could he not get free? I didn't know what to do. It was like a nightmare. I was racing home to get to my mom, and all the emotions kept flooding in. And and again, I was thinking, why? My heart was racing about as fast as the car was racing. And I had to just stop and say, God, I don't understand the plan. I don't get this, but I trust you. I trust you're going to do something good out of this. And you know, my brother may not have been free from his past here, but he was free in heaven. Now, looking over at at my whole life from childhood to now, seeing God's goodness in everything in my life, seeing how I made it this far, if I start to freak out about something, I just have to stop and look back and just laugh at things. Because when you're in the middle of the circumstance, you think it's horrible and you think you'll never get over it. But if you look back at your life, you realize you've gotten through everything and you've made it this far. You need to rewrite, remind yourselves of that. God is good and he has a good plan. So keep calm. Sunday is coming. Your Sunday is coming. Now it's up to you. You can choose to have a heart attack You can choose to stay in the heart attack and choose not to have hope, or you can stay an emotional wreck, and you can choose, like my brother did, to stay in that bondage. Or you can have hope. Hope is the expectation that something good is about to happen, that you will see God's goodness. And that's why I love my church. There are people here that when you are facing a giant... And things happen, a surprise happened in your life. There are people here that will remind you that your Sunday is coming. You usually don't get a text message or a phone call saying a surprise is about to happen, right? We're never notified. And when it happens, you need people around you to build you up, to love you, to encourage you. That's what we're here for. That's why I love my church. Don't wait until it's too late. Build relationships now. Join a connect group. That's a great way to build relationships, a connect group. We have some amazing connect groups back there, but it's not about the connect group. It's about life change that happens in a connect group. We also have the growth track. Step one is today. It's a great time and a great place to get plugged in. So join us for step one if you haven't already. But you can't do life alone. You need to surround yourself with people that's going to build you up and encourage you and pray with you when you need it. I'm saying today, sign up for a connect group. 
Don't go home and pray about it. I'm telling you, God is saying, sign up for a connect group. He's saying, build those relationships now and get in a group. So I'm going to ask everyone to go ahead and bow your This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.